back where you belong in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with the killer bees who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy. Mud on. What up? Let's go. What up, H-Town? Hey! That's a different show. Oh, that's I don't a- think he wants you to be in on the gimmick infringement. He's a little sensitive. I wouldn't do that for you. I, I can't. Is it, it's uh, his. That's not our ours. That's his. That was Granado doing. Did he do it? Did he do something for Paul too? I, I don't think know. so. But yeah, he was. Find yeah, that he too. was. No, I don't. I don't want you to find it. But I think he was. They were searching for things. That was smoother than I thought it would be. It was all right. It was smoother than I thought. It took him probably a better while than to... what you guys have put out there. I don't know. I do a pretty good one. My throat's sore today, so I can't. I was going to say, why don't you just give everybody one right now? It goes to an octave that I cannot do currently because my throat is sore. I got a little too excited Monday night. My throat's a little sore. Um, it was better than I thought. He he took him a little while to get into the actual saying, but it was it was good. Hey, what up, yeah, H-Town? Hey, doing? Like he didn't stumble. Bad. He knew the words. Yeah, I mean, but Granado's a natural talent. Um, what do you think of Dell calling you sensitive? I mean, they do it all the time. Like if Lance texts me or not, it turns out that I texted him, and and then it becomes a whole bit on the show. So it's fine. It's it's a running bit with them. You have you have admitted that you can be a little. Oh, no doubt about it. I've so. gotten better, but yeah, there's no question that I do have the ability to to turn that switch on very quickly. The texters say cool runnings. It's a good movie. That's a really good movie. Yep. Like that was I was super young, but still really good, really good movie. Somebody said kicking and screaming, which Will Ferrell a little bit is too much for me sometimes. Like some of his, what was the ice skating movie? Like that's a, that's a yeah, I didn't, much. I didn't care. That, for that movie one. sucks. Yeah, it like, was awful. He can he can like he's done some really good ones. Like old school is really old good. Phenomenal. You you like semi pro? Like semi pro is alright. I, was, I wasn't a big fan of semi pro. That like that like trio movies he did semi pro the ice skating one and honestly I, I don't know if I'm in the minority I don't like the Ricky Bobby. I was gonna movie. say Ricky Bobby Talladega, Talladega Nights. I, I think that one's okay. That's yeah. good lines in it. But kicking it, and screaming. Someone said kicking and screaming. Never that one's saw it. not bad. Never that one's saw got it. Ditka in it. Yeah, I, I it's got Ditka. It's been, in it's been it. so long since I've seen that. Kicking yeah, and screaming. I don't right. know that I've ever seen. Uh, it. David right. called in. He he said we missed Caddyshack and Million Dollar Baby. So Million Dollar Baby. She won the Academy Award for that. Yeah, right? and I think did they win Best Film? And Clint East, that, movie? that was Clint East. Was that Clint? No, I don't know. I don't remember. I remember watching it, but I don't remember if he's in it or not. I do remember Hillary Swank in it. Yeah, Hillary yeah, Swank won the Academy. She Award. won the best. She won Clint Best Eastwood. Actress. Yep. Did they? Did that movie win Best Film? Because has there ever been a sports movie to win Best Film? Because that's probably Ooh. the closest they've ever gotten. Was Was Hillary Swank winning Best Actress? Yeah. Because wasn't, I mean, she was really Clint, that wasn't Clint with her? I don't Clint know if he's Wood? in the movie. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's in the movie. He's like yeah. her he's like her cut guy or trainer yeah, right. or something. Her cornerman. Yeah, I don't I, it's been a while since I've seen it. Okay, so there's three sports movies that have won best picture. Is Rocky one of them? Rocky has to be, yeah. Rocky, Million Dollar Baby. Oh, so and Million Dollar Baby did win it. Mm-hmm. Ch- Chariots of Fire? Oh, that's the, oh, that's the uh, running movie. Which is the horses, right? Uh no, isn't it uh the jogging on the beach? The the, the scene where they're yeah, with no, the theme yes. song where they're running on the beach? Oh, yes, I thought it was the, the one. Oh, okay, I was thinking of one where like they're racing horses. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Seabiscuit? No, it's like it's not. It's like the Seabiscuit. one you see at the rodeo, <laughs> where like they have the uh, like there's multiple horses and they're okay. like racing a wagon. I don't know what I'm thinking of, but I, I you know what does that ring a bell to you? Uh, I, I think I know that you, what you're talking about, but I don't I don't recall. Help me out, uh, Hive seven one three seven eight zero three seven six. And the one that's always there's a movie about. There's a movie where they're racing like these sleds and they have the horses pulling them. Oh. I... But I don't know the name. I thought that's what it was, but no, it's not. Um, You're right. it, you were right about what you think it was. Adam Sand. That's the oil and water discussion. That forever in a day, whenever that movie comes up, the Hustler or Hustler, when Adam Sandler, it, you know, and Kevin Garnett, <laughs> either people absolutely love it 
it was on Netflix a couple years ago, or they cannot stand it. About and kind of to your point about is it realistic and everything else? It was, it, I'm talking about Ben Hur. <laughs> wow. Why do I have a recollection of Ben Hur? <laughs> that movie was made in well, the because I think in ben, the 50s. But Ben Hur had a chariot. That's what, so for, that's for that's the what horses. That's where you got the that's where you got the correlation. <laughs> so I guess that was the Roman Empire because they're asking yes. me how often I yes. think of the Roman Empire, uh, which is like that thing that went viral a couple of months. I can't believe I just pulled Ben Hur. All right, seven one three seven eight zero ESB. We talk sports movies all day. We'll, we'll stay here all day, so we probably got to move on. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Did you watch Million Dollar Baby? I did. It was a really good movie. Million Dollar Baby. I, I really enjoyed Million Dollar Baby. This guy says Iron Will dog sled race movie. I think that's about the, what is it, a Bictus? Is that what that race that's is called? That, I did a rod or I whatever. I did a rod. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the, what that one's about. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. We'll, we'll switch over to trade deadline. Rockets, February 8th, coming up in nine days. But first, let's go out to the another trade that was made in Houston today. The Astros made a splash by trading for Cabbage. 713-780-3776. Paul, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Paul? Hey, guys. I, I wanted to uh, say this is the first Dana Brown trade that I actually like. Uh, you've got a guy with some potential. Now, I, I, the, the Verlander trade wasn't a Dana Brown trade. That was a, a Jim Crane trade. This is one presumably that Dana Brown, quote, unquote, engineered. But uh, Cabbage has got some talent. He's a left-handed hitter. He's a corner guy. can play first, third, corner outfield something the Astros don't really have in their system. He went 30-30. We gave up a guy who throws hard but has no control. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I like the trade from that standpoint. It's a flyer. Maybe he'll, you know, continue to strike out at a cat. Cabot strikes out at a high rate, which, you know, may continue. But at least the guy has some talent. So, I mean, it, it, it helps our hitting, which I think you and I have well, spoken about this before. It's, this 40-man roster is not deep at all in hitting, and then this certainly helps that in that regard. And I also wanted to get in a gratuitous shot at Martin Maldonado, if I may. Sure. So I saw a video of Greg Maddox. Uh, he was they were they were talking to him on one of the uh, one of these baseball shows, and they showed a, a video of him basically shaking off Javi Lopez a bunch of times. And after the inning, he goes up to Javi Lopez and he's saying something you know you can't hear what he's saying but then the interviewer asked him he's like look he goes i pitch one out of every five days he goes javi lopez has to handle 12 pitchers on this brave pitching staff he has to worry about actually catching the ball throwing out runners holding runners on and he has to worry about hitting he goes let me worry about the hitters i know what to throw these guys and you javi you worry i told him you worry about hitting and you worry about stopping the ball and throwing guys out let me worry about the hitters which is just, you know, I saw that and I thought, that's the load of crap we've been fed for years about how Martin Maldonado studies bull crap. The pitchers study these guys, and the Astros pay a bunch of analytics guys a bunch of money, presumably, to study what the hitters. They don't need Machete to be studying the hitters, per se. They've got people to do that, including the pitchers themselves. Appreciate the call, Paul. Look, I, I would disagree to that to some extent because of the fact that you can never have enough and especially when you have younger pitchers and a lot of the pitchers on the staff were younger. Um, we've talked about the fact that he was a psychologist for Fromber a lot, but the fact is is that, you know, I think times have changed too, but in terms of analytics and all the extra information that's out there and the ability to, to you know, with the video and everything like that, 
I think there was a value in what, what Martin Maldonado did, both from a leadership perspective and from an advanced preparation perspective. And look, for a while there, you know, they called him the machete for a reason. You know, maybe the rules changes did have something to do with it, but he was a better than average defensive catcher and he had a good arm. Yeah, he's not really talking about defense, though. He's no, talking but specifically I, I, I about I put value in what game. he was doing, and a lot of the players did, and you heard from a lot of the guys that pitched yeah. saying that there was value there. I like I understand what you're saying. I just, the defensive aspect is not really what Paul's talking about. Like that's it's a it's a secondary conversation. Uh, I I'm kind of in the middle of you two, Paul and, and and you blinkers. I do think that there is a value in being able to call a game. Now to Paul's point about Greg Maddox, like. Framber Valdez is not Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox is one of the most cerebral pitchers of all time. Now, like, the closest guy you have to Greg Maddox is probably Justin Verlander. Sure. Like, can Justin Verlander call his own game? Yes, he absolutely can. And he's a guy who would, who would shake off Martin Maldonado more than a lot of the other guys. But do you think that Framber Valdez is going to go do the homework that of? Uh, that a Greg Maddox would, that a, that a Justin Verlander would. No, he's not. And that's why Martin Maldonado was mm-hmm. helpful in his career because Martin Maldonado would do the work and Fromber probably is not going to. Uh, I don't know about like a Christian Javier or Hunter the other Brown, guys. guys like that. You know, uh, uh, I think Brown can get there. Like, Brown's France, sharp. But I'm saying, Brown's sharp. But, but as a rookie, yes. 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 As a and rookie, knowing yes. the hitters and maybe knowing some extra things through experience, yeah. there's a value to that. Now, I, where I'll agree with a Paul's point, though, are the pitching coach elements of it and then the what you do pregame. Now, what the Astros would tell you is that Maldonado was great at working with those people and having that game plan and, and coexisting with those guys, and he was great at taking it from the computers onto the field, and that's where they found value in Martin Maldonado. I do also think that there is a, an element to the game of, like, hitters adjust. Like, mm-hmm. hitters know that you have a game plan against them, and they probably know what your game plan is for them. If you have a weakness on high inside fastballs, they know that they have a weakness on high inside fastballs, and sometimes you'll cheat. And how can you cheat to a high inside fastball? Well, sometimes you step in the box a little bit. You start a little early with your swing. You guess fastball. And whenever you're living that in the moment, that actual – the computers can't do that in the moment. They can't see a hitter guessing fastball high and inside and starting his swing a little bit earlier and starting his stride a little bit earlier. But a catcher can. Yep. A catcher can see that. Now, that's not to say that Martin Maldonado was the only catcher in the world that has this ability. I would say that that's silly uh, to, to say he's the only catcher in the world that has that ability. And to Paul's point, a pitcher is going to be able to see that as well. Pitcher and catcher will be able to see that from a hitter. So that's where I draw the line between like computers and the analytics and then the actual go play the game. It's great to have that game plan. But if a hitter makes the adjustment or he starts to guess one way or another because he has an idea of your attack for him specifically, you have to be able to adjust in that moment and go to your counter stuff. I also think that, though, when you're thinking about it, like I said, when you have younger pitchers, a lot of times younger pitchers are so focused on just executing their pitches that they're not paying that the same kind of attention. That's why you see a lot of the veteran catchers, and Maldi was one of them, that would constantly be looking up at the hitter, seeing where his back foot is or seeing where he's positioned in the batter's box. Because especially the younger guys that don't have the experience, you're going to need someone to play big brother and you're going to need someone to kind of walk you through through certain situations. Now, we've seen the development of this pitching staff quite a bit since he first got to be an Astro, and you hope that these guys have that. And you also hope that Yiner's picked up a lot by just kind of being able to watch him work mm-hmm. to understand 
the way that they do things. Because I'm pretty sure a lot of the pitchers aren't going to want a lot of things to change just because Maldi's not here. A lot of a lot of pitchers, like again, Maddox is like the, an extreme example here because a, a lot of pitchers are the opposite. Like a lot of pitchers just want to like show up and go. Like they they don't want to call a game. They don't want to have True. like how do I attack? They just want to show and go and throw some pitches. And, and I it's like Fromber gives me the feel that he's that type of guy. Like it, it doesn't seem like Fromber has the like cerebral nature of a Maddox or a Verlander, like a Zach Grinky, cerebral in his sure. game plan because his stuff sucks now. Now, now it sucks now. So he's had to learn how to adapt. And Fromber's not that guy. That's where Amaldi's going to help you. As far as the the trade, so I'm somewhere between you and Paul. I think Paul has good points. I think you have good points. I'm in the middle. That's what makes the baseball conversations always so good. As far as the trade goes for Cabbage. It gives the Astros choices here because I think Cabbage will be in the mix unless they sign somebody else uh, to make the opening day roster. You look at the final bench spot. You're looking at Corey Jolks. You're looking at John Singleton. You're looking at Cabbage. Uh, maybe a couple of the prospects, but I have a hard time imagining them starting the clock on a prospect to sit the bench and play every right. other day or play every now and then. So I think Cabbage is in play here. I think Cabbage and Singleton have some similarities in that they both have pop. I think Singleton has a better eye. Um, Cabbage and Singleton both strike out a ton. Now what Paul was saying is that Cabbage can run. Like Cabbage has got some speed. He's got positional flexibility where he can play first, he can play third, he can play the corner infield spots. I saw he played a few games in center uh, last year with the Angels and, and in the minors, but it was very minimal. I don't know if the Astros are, are thinking that he can play center field. But if he's better than Singleton and he's better than Jolks, he makes roster spot number sure. 26 better. So, And, and like he said, the, the guy that they traded is a, is a flamethrower that doesn't have any control. I think he's pretty old for his level. So I, they didn't trade anybody of significance. I like the trade, too. It is very minor. It wouldn't shock me if he makes the opening day roster, but he also has options to where he doesn't have to start on the opening day roster and he's still under club control. So I agree that it does make the roster better. Uh, it definitely makes the 40-man roster better. Well, he gives, gives Dana Brown he, he some options. The table. I'll, just about everything that Dana's looking for, it's just like you don't know what he's going to be, right? You you know that you know there he has speed. You know he's got pop. You know he's left-handed bat. You know he's got some. He can play multiple positions. Those are all great things. Now, can he kind of find it? Because we talk about it all the time. Is he going to be a four A player that has all this monster pop that does all these great things in the minor leagues? And when he gets to the show, it just does it. It, it just doesn't translate. Or is it a guy that gets a fresh start in a new organization and understands? Hey, there's an opportunity for you. If you can maximize it, and maybe he finds something, but I like taking the flyer on him because you're giving an A ball pitcher up that throws in the mid nineties, you know, the low nineties to maybe mid nineties, and you you say, okay, well, if that's not something that we were looking for, and this guy might be further along to where he might have a position in our system, then I'm all for it. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRP listener line. Okay, let's get to the rocket conversation. I don't understand the fascination of trading for a guard. Why would you trade for a guard? And with Amin Thompson, do you really want Fred Van Vliet here all three years of his contract? Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend Doc Linville. Doc Linville, best in the business at the Neograph procedure. If you don't know what it is, but you're losing your hair, you need to find out. And find out quickly, because I'm telling you right now, it is a game changer. The Neograph procedure is phenomenal, because the Neograph procedure gives you your hair back. It's, 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 it's absolutely not the sprays and the creams and the foams that just mask the problem. It's actually fixing the problem once and for all. Genetically, you're never going to lose the hair on the sides and the back of your head, as Doc explained it to me. So, therefore, he takes some of it, puts it where you need it most. Maybe it's your hairline in front, or maybe it's up on top and back. But wherever you need it, they put it there. You see the follicles almost instantly. They're going to grow, get stronger and longer. In about six to nine months, you're going to see the results that you could only have dreamed of in the past. Your own hair, where you need it most, changing everything from your self-confidence to your appearance. It's just a game changer. And for you listeners of ESPN 97.5, you get a free consultation with Doc and his staff to find out if it's right for you. 
and it doesn't cost you a thing. No signing on the dotted line, no obligation. Just go in, ask questions, get answers, and see if you might be interested. All you got to do is go to 975hair.com. Sign up for the appointment. Go in and talk to them. I did it. I did the procedure. I couldn't be happier with the results, and you can do it too. Check them out today. Go to 975hair.com. ESPN 975.com. I'm hungry. The Krusty Krab Pizza is the pizza absolutely. <sighs> Broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios deep inside the secret bee cave. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham. He's Blank, I'm Brandon. We're the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Trade deadline talk is heating up for the uh, the Houston Rockets. Uh, Kelly Eco had some stuff out today. Some We've seen some of the names. Robert Williams, uh, Malcolm Brogdon. How do you say it? Is that how you say it? Yes, Brogdon. Name, right? Brogdon. I always struggle with his last name. Uh, struggle with a lot of last names. We've seen um, Bridges come up today, which I don't know how I feel about that report. I think that report might be a little bit fabricated. But a lot of guards have come. Like Quentin Grimes has come up, has come up a couple of times. So there's been a lot of guards in the mix here, and I can't understand for the life of me why the Houston Rockets would be interested in trading for a guard. So Blankers, Joe, Hive, seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Can y'all tell me why the Rockets would trade for a guard? I, I, I don't understand it. Except for the fact that if it's a guard that's a, just a, a shooting specialist type guard, and I guess Grimes would kind of fit that mold. But, you know, the rumor that I saw was that the Knicks were very interested in getting Tari Eason and they were going to throw Grimes as the, the trade bait to go get him. I'm not trading Tari Eason for, for Quentin Grimes. I'm sorry. And I would love to have Quentin Grimes on this roster as a shooter. But you're right, because we already talked about that, you know, that, that pick six, the, the, the full six guys that are going to be the starters and Tari off the bench that are probably going to be here for the long haul. I don't want to mess with all that. I mean, we talked about the fact that I would love to trade Jay Sean Tate. I would love to trade, you know, Holiday. I would love to trade um, uh, Reggie Bullock. I would love to trade Jock Lawndale. But I'm not looking to trade those six guys that you have spent draft capital and really worked with now with a real coaching staff to develop into that kind of core that you're seeing that could develop over a, lo- a long time. I don't understand why any, we want Tate out of here because we don't want him taking minutes from Tari Eason. I don't want, you know, we want to see Jalen continue to develop. You want to see Amen get the backup minutes and start developing into the point guard. There's no reason to have another guard. If you want to get a specialist that's a shooter off the bench, I'm thinking it's more of a veteran player. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't see why they should get a guard. See, I don't I don't know where the minutes are coming from either. Like, unless you're trading one of your guards for another guard. Unless you're trading Jalen Green for Bridges, which... I don't like the idea of that. I think Bridges is a better player today. He's a good player. But does Bridges push you over the top to like this championship contender? No, absolutely no. not. Uh, whereas Jalen Green has more potential. He may not ever. He might not ever be the player that Bridges is, but he has more potential than Bridges has. And if you want to be a championship contender, you have you should keep Jalen Green and hope he reaches his potential. Mm-hmm. Like you go too deep with all of your guard positions, and like I throw small forward in there. I know some people nitpick that. Like I look at it as perimeter players, point guard, perimeter players, post players. You have Fred VanVleet. You have a Min Thompson. Like you don't need a point guard. You just signed one to a big deal for three years and you just drafted one with the fourth overall pick and you want to groom him and he has tremendous talent 
You have Jalen Green at shooting guard. Min Thompson plays a little bit of the two. Cam Whitmore plays a little bit of the two. Dylan Brooks, you just signed to this big four-year deal. He's your small forward. Cam Whitmore plays a little bit of the three. I know that Tari Eason can play some four, but he can also play a little bit of three there too. So where are you taking minutes from if you're trading for a guard? It makes no sense to me. Well, and Bridges is more of like a four, and Bridges has got a hell of a lot but of talent. But he's a perimeter guy, but, Yeah, but I, well, but, I mean, he's more physical. He's sure, strong. But, but, he's, but he's a perimeter guy. I, I see him more as kind of a, a stretch forward, but also with a little more physicality. But then you're taking minutes away from Jabari, too, and I don't want to do that because I want to continue to develop Jabari. I, I I don't think that Bridges is a guy that moves the needle for me that says, I want to move one of those those six guys. If Bridges is a developing. stretch four, he needs to average more than five rebounds a game. Well, but I'm just saying, he he, he plays the physical, finish on the break. He, he's, he's muscular. Not that he's physical on the glass. Okay, but we all we already know that there's a lot of guys that don't no, rebound for the way sure. But if to. but if I have a guy and that's a stretch four and he's listed as a two as a three, I understand that two or threes play stretch four a lot of days. I yeah. mean, we see Dylan Brooks do it. I think Cam. Oh, Whitmore's I'm sorry. I'm talking about the other bridges. I was talking about the bridges, talking about Char- bridges. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the bridges for Charlotte because Bridges is a guy that I like his game. He's very big. He's very physical. Right. But but I I don't want to take minutes from Jabari either. That's why because I I know his name's out there in trade talks as well. But even Mikael Bridges looks. He's a wing. And you know what? He's going to be expensive. And I don't want a guy that, you know, if you're, if you're saying, this is what you're saying, Jeremy, if you're making that move, then you're trying to win right now. I know everybody's talking about this phase two. We're in phase two. But phase two would be if you were the Texans and you were had a chance to win the division and you were solidifying a real playoff spot and you were moving the needle to go forward this year. I don't think anybody believes the Rockets are to that level yet and they're still developing the talent that they have to see what they have and what they need. I don't want to kind of break that progress up by going to get a veteran that's going to be very spendy mm-hmm. and also a guy that it's going to be a tougher fit because of the mix you have already. Like the Bridges rumor was draft picks, and I, I think that there's some carrying water there maybe to drive up the price tag on, on Bridges. But where where do those minutes come from? Now you're like, I guess he would start where? Like, does he start over Jalen Green? Like, okay, uh, if you're not trading Jalen Green, now you have three guards off the bench of a men, Jalen, and Cam Whitmore. That's tough to give all of those guys minutes. I understand that they're probably going to trade Jayshon Tate, or at least it sounds like he has interest, which he should clear yeah. out Jayshon Tate so you can try to add 10 minutes a game or whatever he's playing. But wh- who whose spot in the rotation would a guard take? A men? Jalen? Whitmore, you know, even as we speak, because of what you committed to Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks isn't going to come off the bench. Dylan Brooks is not a guy because if Bridges was your three, then Brooks would be your guy. Brooks would be another guy coming off the bench. If you're a veteran team, you can try and do that, especially but with the contract he signed. And you damn well, he, he's come. He came here with the notion he was going to start. He got his money. He got his years. And, and that, you know, this was kind of like how he saw it all going. I don't think you know, in year one you're going to say, hey, you sit the bench now and come off the bench because we're going to start Bridges. I, I don't see how that's a fit. I think there are other veteran teams that are trying to win right away that are going to have interest in Bridges. I saw a rumor that the, the Knicks are interested in him as well, and, if, and that would make more sense because they're trying to go make a deep playoff run right now with the guys that they have, which is completely different than where you're at. You, you have this core that you're trying to develop, the Knicks are trying to, to get deep into the East and, and be more competitive, so they're trying to get someone that takes them to the next level. Uh, for, if you're the Rockets, the guys you're trying to trade are Bullock and Holiday and Tate, and, and if anybody in their in their wildest dreams could to take Jock Londale, well, take him. Well, the Bridges rumor is draft picks. 
So that's the other thing I don't want to do because I don't want to give up that Brooklyn pick. But if you can get it without the Brooklyn pick, I can understand where there's value in that. But at the same time, now you have, again, a massive surplus of yeah. perimeter players. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense to me. Need, like, I love Quentin Grimes. Where's Quentin Grimes yeah. going to play? And then, like, the, I don't believe the Tari Eason rumor. But if you added Grimes for, you know, draft picks or Jay Shantae, uh, this is silly, crazy, and would never happen. But if you had Quentin Grimes without, cha- like, trading from your rotation of guards... That's just another guard, another mouthy that you yeah. have to feed. You already like what you have in the post with Alpi and Jabari. Tari Eason can be, I know he's been banged up, but Tari Eason can be a, a stretch four or a mm-hmm. smaller post because he is physical and will rebound and he'll do all the dirty work that you need him to do. I, I just can't believe that the Rockets could potentially be trading for I, a guard. I, you, I have a hard time believing it. I'll tell you, the only thing that I could see where that could actually play out is if you, if you just repurpose him. You trade him. And then you take Bridges and you trade them to a team that you know maybe has more assets to give you. Yeah, it's like, now you're talking about a three-way, though. Like, yeah. He's never going to land in Houston. No. Which isn't yeah, what the yeah. report is saying. Right. And I don't see him. I, I just don't. I'm with you. I don't see why they need him on this team. I, I think that right or a now. Or guard, period. Yeah. You know what? I think they need shooting. But situational shooters. But, but, but again, shooters, where does he play? But when? Sh- shooting comes off the bench. Shooting can come off the bench but in your so second does, but unit. But so does Amin, so does Cam, so does Tari Eason. Like, who's he playing over? Well, I mean, he, he could he could play, just like you said, though. He could, he could work into the rotation in a 2-3 in a situation. I think you'd have to go small. I think you'd have to go that, small. It, might, a, it could be Jeff Green minutes, too. It, yeah, well, I think Jeff Green's going to be sought after by some teams, too. It's just that he's brought a lot to that locker room. Do you want to part with that? But I think that if you get it, you can never have too many young guys to try to develop it and look at. Right, the minutes are going to be a little tougher to get, but if you could, this team desperately needs shooting, and they need a backup big. So I've seen Clint Capella's name through. I have no interest in Clint Capella as I your would, backup big. I would have no problem with Capella as my he's backup spending. big. He's very expensive. But, yeah, but you're not going to have like it. It's two more. It's one year. It's the rest of this year, and next and year, next year, and you're not going to be a player in free agency this this year, anyways. So I wouldn't mind Clint Capella. Robert Williams is a very cheap version of Clint Capella that wouldn't be has, able to play has experience this year. with Udoka. So that right next year, yeah, that one intrigues me that, too. That, I like him. I think that's exactly what I was asking for when I said Alpi needs someone to back him up. You just need a shot blocking big that can rebound and get out of the way and maybe finish at the rim, which are all the things he can do. I, re- I would prefer Williams over Capella. Now, he you don't have a backup big the rest of this year, though, because right. he's out for the rest of this season. Right. Uh, I've liked what I've seen from Amin Thompson recently. I think that he's probably deserving of more minutes, and you're still seeing nights when Fred Van Viet's playing like 35 minutes and Amin Thompson's playing like 15 minutes, which I think that you need to try to shrink that gap as you go, and eventually you want Amin Thompson to take over for Fred Van Vliet. Three-year deal for Fred Van Vliet. Do you want to see him here all three of those years? No, I don't. I think that I third either. year, I think that third year, especially because of the fact that in a contract, you know, with an expiring contract, there's going to be a, a pretty big desire for teams to want to add a guy like that, that, yeah, it would be challenging because of his contract size to try and make a trade. But I could see a contending team wanting a Fred Van Vliet in year three. And I could also see you as the Rockets saying, hey, look, we're trying to develop a Men Thompson. He's coming along. And right now the roadblock is we've got a max player playing point guard that is taking up 30-plus minutes a game, and that's a problem. This year it's not a problem. Next year probably won't be, but I think a men will get more minutes. And Fred, rightfully so, because Fred is actually leading the league in minutes, I think, are close to yeah, it. it's crazy. So I think the third year is the year where I think Fred Van Vliet would have, he'd be attractive to teams on a, because it's the last year of his deal, 
and and you need to clear the space for him and Thompson. We figured it out. I think that's the plan. Yeah, obviously he's your starter the rest of this year. I, I think he's still the starter all of next year. But you start to close the gap, yep. and in that off season going into the third year of Amin Thompson's career is probably when you're looking to trade for Ed Van Vliet. And as you mentioned, shouldn't be that tough because he'll have an expiring deal if he hasn't you know tailed off a whole lot. It's still expensive, but because it's an expiring a, a deal, you could probably get out from under. Corey says, "I want Landell and Tate gone." That to me is the dream scenario for the trade deadline. I really don't care a whole lot what the Rockets get in return. I do want a backup. I, big. I would want a backup. I big. don't care about a guard, as you can tell. I, I do want a backup big, but it's not going to break my heart if they don't get. Like if it's Robert Williams, like he's not going to give you backup big minutes the rest no. of the year because he's but, hurt. But, but again, it gives you an idea of the future. But. Tate's, Tate's in the way of these other guards getting minutes. If you kept Landell, I don't really care that much because he hardly plays anyways, and he's not preventing other guys from getting minutes, and you can get out of his deal as soon as this offseason. Tate's one that I want gone, so you can open up 10 minutes a game for mm-hmm. Cam Whitmore. Simple as simple as that. No doubt about it. More minutes for Cam and also minutes when Tari comes back because Tari's going to – you're going to have to find a spot for him too, and, and he can back up Jabari like you said. But you're going to find minutes – you need to find a minutes for all those guys. And you can find a backup big that's better than Jock Londale – on the street right now. I said Bismack Biombo is out there for free. Go get him. And he already is. He provides a better option than Jock Lawndale. Uh, I mean, I think that you can find a backup big for the rest of the season if it means you're better next season when you're actually really firmly in phase two. I, I care more about next season. Uh, 713-780-ESP and HRMP listener line 713-780-3776. Uh, Joe makes faces on Wednesday. Why is Joe making faces today? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude, totally. Anyone can have a hot take on sports. You're going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? But that's not what these guys are about. Joel and Jeremy are real, actual human beings, guys that have lives, families, and feelings and stuff. So it's WTF Wednesday. WTF, why the phase? Where these guys let you in on their non-sports interests, goals, and dare I say it, dreams. But more than likely, they're going with all of the WTF moments of the past week. It's WTF Wednesday. Why the phase? With the Killer Bees. He's Blank, I'm Branham, and it's Joe George that makes faces on Wednesday. A Why the face Wednesday? Joe, why are you making a face on this Wednesday? Well, we'll start with my shocked face. I was shocked to see today that John McClain got the axe. Yeah, I wasn't... It was, I mean, it caught me off guard. I'm not going to say that I wasn't surprised. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, I was... I was now they have to pay for a couple new salaries over there. So, you know, getting rid of a guy that's a football guy at the end of the football season to pay for a couple of new salaries. It makes sense to me. Uh, I think that people kind of lost interest listening listening to McLean. I can't believe they were actually like paying him where it was worth tweeting that he got laid off. Like was he making he, a lot of money over there or what? I know the Tennessee gig he has pays him at least it did it paid him very very well could you imagine because he what does he do over there he does like one hit per show a week he has he he put it out on twitter today about the fact that he writes like three columns has two podcasts and does i don't think he has two podcasts i think no two podcasts a week oh so he does two of them seth i think did two podcasts i think he does it with uh with p the other P. <laughs> okay. Well, he, so he does two a week. Two a week. Three, three columns, and I think six appearances throughout the week on the station. Like, what would you pay a guy for that? That's nothing. Mm. That's nothing. More than you. Well, at least maybe it's worn off a little bit. But in his like a couple years ago, between that and the the Tennessee radio gig alone, I heard he was making a 
pretty right. good living. But I'm talking specifically from, from like the highway to hell perspective. Like, what would you pay someone who's doing two podcasts? Which is like podcasts are great, but you're not going to listen to them as much as you would do like you know 15 hours of radio. Three articles, which I can't imagine are too many words, and they're probably opinion. Like he's not reporting. Plus, you're a writer. Anything. You can just I mean, yeah. you can write that off. No, you time. can do that in an hour. Right. You can do that in an hour. Then probably editing it for you, and then you're doing radio hits. Like, what would you? That's that's not that's a four figure a year job. I'm not paying five figures for that. I would think it calculates to probably five figures. But I'm saying, what would you pay for that? I know oh. what he's. Ma- well, I don't yeah, know what yeah. he's making. But I, mean, I have an idea of what he probably was. But that's a that's a four that's a four digit year a year job. Yeah, it should be. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I would I would have laid him off. But he too, had no six offense. radio games. Yeah, but we're talking specifically about the local. I know. Station. I know. But I mean, this yeah, this is one. But where he didn't he didn't write. I think the other ones he was just doing like probably a hundred dollar hit. Like he wasn't writing stories, podcasts. Like he was just hey, what's guys. Up? I think this is the same thing as when you talk about a man's money in the league. Just leave it alone. But John, if you got any dirt and you want to come on and spill the tea. Yeah, if he wants to spill the We're tea, he has an open. Like, I was. Uh, I want to talk about the Titans or the Oilers. We were we were discussing a little bit. I would have McLean on. Should if the, we have McLean on seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six? As long as he understood that the first time he mentions the Titans, I'm dropping the call. I'm like, I'm good. That's a good idea. We should. Like, I think that there is value Remember here, Buffalo. and this is why there's value here. If you could have Blankers doing his McLean <laughs> to McLean, and they had some sort of debate, there would be value. Now we're not going to pay anything. The Colonel versus the value. General would be the Colonel versus yeah. the General would be outstanding. And my voice would not last if he had some dirt. It would be outstanding on his previous stop. But if he's just going to come on and be like, oh, yeah, Davis Mills, best backup quarterback in the NFL, there's no value in that. So there's 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 ways to get value. And Lamont said, is ESPN 97.5 going to hire McLean? And I asked Lamont, should we? Lamont said, no. What is the Hive think? 713-780-3776. There's value, but it's very niche value mm-hmm. here. All right, what else are you making faces about, Joe? Am I not shocked face? Uh, Pet Simmons was out for 38 games. He came back. Man, he's out tonight. It's just the, knee the, contusion. How many games did he play? One. He played just he the played one. one. And he, he almost had a triple double. I mean, he he has a bone bruise. Like like he got hit in the knee. Stop it. You know what it is? Kevin Durant's coming to town, and you know that's part of you know. And, I know. I agree. And it's the whole thing that he got nervous again, and now he's got to sit out another one. When does this saga just end? And why aren't why isn't everybody already already done with it? Like. For whatever the reason, just go. You're making unbelievable amounts of money. You want him to go away? He's a wuss. Play the game. For God's sake, we know you're afraid to shoot and you suck at shooting the basketball, but you can actually play the other elements of the game. But play and earn some of your salary. You're stealing money. <laughs> this should be a point blank, this one. God, he steals money all the time. And then he wears his pajamas on the sidelines and on the TV games. He wants to be seen. Why? So we can say, oh, there's Ben Simmons. He's not playing again. Way to go, big guy. God, terrible. I don't think he's going to go away, though. <laughs> Just go away from the NBA until you're ready to play every game. He makes too much money to, to go away. Hey, I, I, I think we're asking too much for him. Like, he, he didn't play for 38 games. And then he plays one. He's allowed to miss one. He's allowed to probably miss ten. And if he comes back next game, what does that mean? I was terrified of Kevin Durant and everybody <laughs> talking about what we oh, could. He's got a he's got a bruise. Oh. He's on a fire. Yeah. Oh yes, schedule. he does, Joe. It's just that I don't know that it, they, they got it in the right spot. He's on a he's on a fireman schedule. One game on, thirty eight off. I mean, that's a great gig. He'll play, if you can get he'll it. play in the thirty ninth game. Can I get that game. gig? No, <laughs> especially at that price tag. You did it last week. I have vacation. You, you went one He's day on. Right. You went ben one day Simmons on, six week. days off. Four days off. Well, I mean, did you work Saturday and Sunday? I mean, I basically worked every day. Yeah, but you did you yeah. work Saturday and Sunday? He had one day on, and he had six days off. 
I work Sunday. That's better than a fireman's schedule. That's a Ben Simmons schedule. Yeah, but I was taking is. vacation. Ben Simmons does. I'm not not working because I'm soft. I'm just taking vacation. Well, Ben Simmons getting paid for the time that he misses as well. Yeah, but he's soft. Uh, Tom Holland, most people know him as Spider-Man. Uh, he's in a billion different things now. Uh, he got a seven-figure signing bonus or just some kind of bonus from Marvel. They sent it to the wrong person. What? They sent it to Tom Hollander. <laughs> On accident. Did Hollander try to cash this? Yeah, that I don't know, actually. Was it spelled right? Because if it was spelled like... It, it, so, it's just, it's the same exact spelling, but for Hollander, there's an E-R at the end. Tom right. Holland and Tom Hollander are spelled exactly the same. It was just it was sent to the wrong house. Like, the check was without the E-R. Oh, that's too bad. Because if, yeah. if it was the exact spelling in my name, I'm cashing that bad boy. I'm, I am depositing that thing. Oh, if it's in your name, absolutely. Yes, you would cash you would, you would deposit it? Yeah. Hell yes. I mean, they're going to find out and get it back. Yeah, but what if he doesn't know oh, it's for him? Out. They can find out, but trying to get it back might be a challenge. Like, you wrote would it, it to be? me? You wrote me a check with my name on it. I cash. I, I deposited it. I don't think it'd be a challenge. Okay. I don't seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I really don't know enough about this to know for sure, but I would imagine that it was, I'm sure it's a movie company, Joe. It's like yeah. one of these producers. I think or it was Marvel. So I, I have I have a lot of faith that Marvel would have been able to get their seven figure bonus. They back. might be able to get it back, but I could make it. I mean, I'd like I'd love the challenge. I'd, I'm depositing it immediately. I, I want to know like, what that would look like. Definitely negotiating. Like, well, it's yeah. already been cash, time, effort. Gotta take out my phone to cash yeah. my seven million dollar check or whatever it is. Ten percent. Yeah, you gotta give me a little something for the effort. Or this could be a lot more tied up in law and legal fees, and I just get some lawyer friend of mine to you know. I'm a bigger fan of trying to find a glitch in the system that changes the decimal point and adds a few cents to your bank account each and every day. I think Agreed. that's the way to go. Okay. I'm curious how this story plays out, and I have I, I've never seen Spider Man. Have you seen Spider Man? No, I'm not a big. Joe, you Spider Man guy. On all the Marvel He's movies. Scale of one. He's elite. Yeah, Tom Holland is the best Spider Man. Wasn't there like a Tobey Maguire? There or was. Something? And I, saw, I think I saw that one. Actually. Did you, Tobey Maguire? Those one? were like early 2000s. One so. to ten, Tobey Maguire is Spider Man. Um, Spider Man one and two. He's a, he's an eight. Spider Man three. It's like a. He's you know your Spider Man. That many? Yeah, I'm a huge comic book. Fan. Tom Hollander, scale of one to ten. I don't know who that is, but Tom Holland. Ten. You, you know who it is. <laughs> ten. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on. Spider Man. Uh, and and the last ten? thing we got here. That was weird. There's nothing wrong with uh, that. <laughs> Uh, PETA, I'm not going to read this whole tweet because I think they are the suckiest, worst people on the planet. Uh, but Uga X died uh, from Georgia. Georgia. And uh, PETA decided that they were going to take that moment to say rest in peace and then go on this long high horse rant about breeding English bulldogs. Just go away. Are you not supposed to? What's the, what's the concern here? I think, I think you're not supposed to. Really? I think it's because they can't breathe. So they want them well, to go extinct? Yeah. That sounds messed up. I have way too much knowledge of this kind of stuff because one, Les Alexander and his wife were like the on the either they created it or were part help, part of the creating board of directors for PETA, and two because of our love for dogs and my wife's deep love for dogs. That the problem with breeders, I believe, is is the more you breed them, the more genetically they can have like the squish face. Well, no, not just that, but their immune system and everything like that could be compromised. I think. But regardless, PETA just needs to just leave it alone. The uh, So, are you pro or anti-breeding English Bulldogs? I'm, I, I, I'm not either one. On the fence? I, yeah. Ugh. 
on the dog fence. I, I like how Joe phrased this in the uh, the rundown there. He goes, Peta goes on their high horse after mm, Ugga mm-hmm. X dies. He made a little bit of a, an animal joke. I, I didn't mean to. About an animal and an animal activist. And uh, last thing I got here, I don't know where to start with this one. All I know is uh, on Twitter or X. Uh, let's, go, we, let's make a determination what we're going to call it. I don't like the Twitter or X. Twitter. Twitter. Let's, either, let's just okay. make a call. All right, and Twitter. Go with it. It's not Twitter yeah. or okay. X. Back then it was fun. On Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I, Twitter is what I would have voted yep. for. Uh, at Elmo tweeted, Elmo is just <laughs> checking in. How is everybody doing? Uh, that tweet has 183 million views, and uh, 90% of them are people roasting Elmo for no reason. Really? Yeah. I saw other people that just took the time them? to repost it and then like respond way too much detail about how it's going when no one cares. You know who's a big Elmo fan? Who? Branham Baby. Ah. Big Elmo. He calls him Melmo. Oh. I, can't, I can't get my kid into Sesame Street. He's, uh, he's, mine either. He doesn't really watch Sesame Street. He just likes the doll that we got. Oh, okay. Got. Is, yeah, it, is it like a pull string or whatever that has the No, book? it doesn't say anything. Oh, really? Yeah, we don't buy him things that make noise. Are you kidding me? Okay. <laughs> we don't want noises. He calls him Melmo. Yeah, That's it's, cute, pretty, it's really, it's really good. good. Yeah, he's, it's funny. He climbed on top of something and stood up on it t- on today. Not great. Somebody said Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man? He was fine. Was he the dude on Facebook? Yes. He was the... Um, yeah, he was the, the investor that, that got screwed over. He was the one that forced the chicken to eat the chicken. Yeah. Is that a good movie? I, I like think, the Social I think, Network I think Social Network was pretty social good. Social Network was really good. Really good. good what, great uh, quotes, too. Not a good day to be Mark Zuckerberg, though. Today? Yeah. What happened? Testifying in Congress or whatever, and they are just going at him. For what did he do wrong? About, I think it's centered around, like, censor, I mean, not censoring, but, like, being better about what videos you're allowed and advertising and all that other stuff. Huh. And, boy, I saw one senator which just... She was drilling him, and he was not comfortable. I mean, they, they, they are selective on what they allow and what they don't allow, according to some. Uh, 7990 says there's plenty of instances of banks making mistakes and similar people getting to keep the money. Maybe you would get to keep this. See, I told I'm, you I was ignorant I, 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 to it. I'm going to take my chances by depositing it as quickly as possible and then working it out. Philip 68, uh, who mails physical checks? There's still some people that do, but it's a good point. It is a good it point. It is a very good point. Uh, 8525 on the thoughts of having the general on with us. No way. Can't stand that guy. One of the reasons I listen to this station. Well, thank you for listening yes. to us. 8525. All right. He still works there, by the way, 8525. He's not going anywhere. 49ers or Chiefs? That's the Super Bowl. What's a better comp for what you think the Texans will be? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. First, I got to tell you about my good friends over at HRP. My colleague, Go Cougs, Chris Fisher, he would say gig em. Uh First, a moment on HRP, human resources and payroll. HRP Cougar, 100 members for the eighth year in a row. These are just for the, the, the best and the finest. That's how good HRP is. Uh, you've seen the HRP signage. You've been to do some U of H games. You've seen their beautiful building off the Beltway, which hey, you know, raises that UH flag outside of their building. I can appreciate that. But let's get down to the brass tacks. Let HRP help you. If you're a business owner, you run a business, HRP can help you in a variety of different ways. They can help you with HR compliance. Uh, they can help you with benefits administration, payroll, onboarding. HRP can help in any of those areas. They can help in one of those areas. It doesn't matter because they're going to completely customize a plan for what you want. They're going to completely customize a plan for what your business needs. There's no boxes with HRP. You're not reading off of a menu. They're going to sit down with you and customize a plan for what your business needs. You have a problem, you have an issue, you want to take a little bit off your plate, HRP will find a way to help you. And their way of doing it's fantastic as well. Their technology, top of the market, the very best technology that you'll see, which you'll love, you'll trust, 
but you will fall in love with their service. Guaranteed fulfillment. You'll never talk to a stranger. Everybody at HRP will know you. They'll know your business needs. You'll be talking to someone each and every day, every time that you have a, a question, a, you know, want an answer, whatever the case may be. They're going to be familiar with you. Give them a call at 281-880-6525 and let HRP customize a plan for you. 281-880-6525 or check them out at hrp.net. That's hrp.net. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Insert random audio clip now. Mr. Campbell, send out a amendment. The amendment is acceptable to the author. Is there objection to the opposite amendment? And the chair has done the amendment. adopted. Time to get back to sports school with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brennan. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. He's Blank, I'm Branham. We are the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Uh, someone uh, someone texted in and said, uh, in a stunning moment during a marathon Senate Judiciary Committee hearing on Wednesday, they're calling it Meta now, Meta CEO. Mark Zuckerberg oh, right, stood yeah. and apologized to an overflow audience of, mil- of uh, families of victims who were allegedly harmed by content on social media platforms. I mean, social media is a cesspool. It is a terrible, terrible place. Everybody's mean. No one's very nice on social media. Um, and, and, like, I don't care if you say mean things to me. Like, I'm a grown man. I don't care about randoms on the Internet. The only things I really care about, family, faith, and my, my job. So don't worry about the opinion of sheep. What I hate about it, though, is you have impressionable like teens and preteens that this ruins their life, and it's awful. It stinks. It sucks. Sometimes I hate it, it ends their life. Yeah. Sometimes it really, really yeah, it does. It really does, and it's serious because you get people that have all this extra confidence because they can stay anonymous, and they can duck, and they can run, and they can take their shots, and they don't realize the ramifications are more than just trying to stir, stir something up or dust up a conversation where you, know, you can show your debate skills or try to get the best of somebody. It has a lot more negative results than that, and it can be devastating. And, and you know, I think a lot of times when we say it's a 24-second news cycle, but social media, you're right, it's a cesspool. Now, there's a lot of, like, the good that come, like, there's, you, that's why I get my news. I shouldn't say mm-hmm. a lot of good that comes out of it. There's some, like, advantages Beneficial. of it. Like, you get your news faster. Like, there's certainly some advantages and benefits of it, uh, but the downside of it's just too great. Like, if, if social media died tomorrow, all of it, I would be happy. I really would. I would not care at all if they all died. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. I would not care. I would not care. Do you see the story that schools are, there's a school or schools that are removing mirrors in the bathroom so that they can end TikTok videos during school time? Like, well, is, that like, what it, is that what it's come down to? I also feel like you're not killing the root here. Like, right. Like, how about you just ban the app? Like, for, like figure out a way to put some, like, block uh, firewall yeah. or blocker on the app. Like, it feels like the mirror is just masking the problem. Yeah, it's like it's lipstick just, on the pig. But that's there. where we are. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Sorry to get on my soapbox there. We'll stick to sports, you dummy. Shut up and dribble. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. 49ers or Chief? Chiefs, what's a better comp for what you think the Texans can will be? Who? Um, <laughs> this is an interesting question. It is an interesting question because I think that the 49ers have drafted well, uh, but they haven't got the quarterback right. From the standpoint of the Texans, they got the quarterback right, and we know the Chiefs obviously got the quarterback right. Now, the difference between the, the head coaches is you've got the, the genius that is Andy Reid versus a defensive-minded head coach, but you got an offensive coordinator that works well with your head coach. I kind of lean 
the Chiefs route because of the quarterback situation? Because you know you have an up-and-coming uh, premier quarterback in C.J. Stroud. You're going to have guys that want to play with him. You're going to have the ability to build around him. You have a Tank Dell like they had a Tyreek Hill, and maybe Tank Dell isn't Tyreek Hill yet, but he can be Tyreek Hill-esque and do some of those things. So I think that because of those kind of things, I, I would lean more towards the Chiefs than I would the 49ers. See, it's, it's, it's interesting in the fact that what you want to do philosophically and from a scheme perspective is, is San Francisco. Yeah. Your personnel is closer, I think, to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Because San Francisco is this roster that is loaded. Like, you're loaded everywhere. Your quarterback's Mr. Irrelevant. Now he's underrated. I think he's fine. He's good. And he's good with that scheme and system, and he's precise, and he's on time, and he's everything that they want a quarterback to do. He's like the antithesis of what uh, Trey Lance was going to be, what Labdance Lance uh, was doing, which made that pick weird to begin with because, like, you know, he's not precise. He's not very accurate. Like, it felt like a reach from the moment they drafted him. But they're loaded at running back, obviously, the best running back in the league. They have receivers that fit exactly what they want to do that are yards after catch kings with Debo and Ayuk has really come on. Mm-hmm. Kittle Kittle's, Kittle has dropped a little bit in terms of his like his fantasy numbers. Productivity-wise. But go but, watch yeah. him block, dudes. Mm-hmm. He is he is unbelievable in the run and, game. And he catches the balls that are thrown yeah, Exactly. Him, He's still he, – like his numbers have slipped, but he has not. Right. And, and a lot of times because like we live in this fantasy football world, we see numbers slipping and think the player is slipping when it's not. It's just the attention's going elsewhere, and his ability to run block is on another level. They're, really, they're top 10 defensively in the NFL too. So they have all these offensive weapons. They have a top 10 defense. They just have a quarterback that, you know, is kind of – average to above average whereas can and they have the scheme that you want to run mm-hmm. meanwhile kansas city like offensively i don't think kansas city has tons of skill they have a few guys who are elite pat mahomes elite travis kelsey like has become elite again after a disappointing regular season their wide receivers are very meh uh their best receiver is a rookie that they drafted out of smu i believe in the second round mm-hmm. and their offensive line's pretty good now where their their better side of the ball is actually defensively second in the nfl in uh in defense this year so i think that they're closer to kansas city from a personnel point of view because they they have, they're hoping and, they have elite quarterback. You're hoping to fill out the offense around elite quarterback. And I think D'Amico, if you gave him some truth serum, if you asked him what side of the ball do you want to have like a better ranking relative to the rest of the NFL, I think he'd pick defense. Uh, absolutely, I think he'd pick def- defense. But I, And I think the difference with San Francisco is, too, you know, you want to be able to get McCaffrey for a, a small price the way they got him. You want to get Trent Williams for a smaller price when, you know, he wanted out of Washington and they found a way to go get him, right? You know, they, they've added some guys guys at some really bargain deals that have helped to enhance everything that they had going on. And then when they drafted really well on the defensive side of the ball, to your point, they also were able to spin off some of those defensive linemen to trade to kind of recoup some of the picks they lost by taking a chance in a flyer, trying to get a Trey Lance or trying to make some of the trades that they've made. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, they, they are the perfect combination because the way they acquired their big names in a lot of ways was either the draft or trades that were very, very manageable Whereas you drafted Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and because you have the best quarterback in the NFL, a lot of things fall into place a lot better for you, and you kind of translate to that to having a guy that might be the next version of a, of a Mahomes-esque type player in C.J. Stroud. How do you feel about this, Joe? So what, what I was thinking about here? this as more of like a, a big-picture view of what the Texans were and what the 49ers were and kind of like how I, I'm hoping the Texans' trajectory is the exact same as theirs. If you go back to 2014... 
The 49ers fire Jim Harbaugh. Then they hire Jim Tom Sula and fire him. Then they hire Chip Kelly and fire him. They do the same exact thing the Texans did. They had three head coaches they fired in three years, and then three years into Kyle Shanahan's run, he turned that that whole franchise around and took them to a Super Bowl. So, like that to me is like kind of like where I, I view the the similarities is they followed the same weird path of head coaches and disaster after disaster, and then they found the guy to change everything, and now they've become one of the best organizations in the NFL. And no one remembers that Jed York was a total clown show running that team. That's not true. <laughs> it's I mean, just he a, was. It's a, no, 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 no. It's not true that we forget. It's oh, just a distant memory. Yeah. Like, we still know that it exists, and I guarantee you 49er fans know that it exists. Sure. It's just a distant memory, and it's faded out of the picture. I do feel we'll like we'll never people... forget about Casario and O'Brien no here, but if the Texans are on the Super Bowl plat like tier, then, then it'll be a distant memory. It'll never be You're gone. You're talking about Easterby and O'Brien, right? What did I say? Casario. Yeah, I meant Easterby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because look, yeah, Jed York is a, is a Yahoo. So is the. Who is. Um, Balky. Balky came from that from San Francisco, right? Yeah, got with well, Harbaugh. Now, now, he was pre that. And, 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 and he, he built some winners, though. He did, but now and now he's he's he's, he's in, in Jackson. Yeah, and he's screwing up. He's I guess he's at uh, odds with Doug Peterson too, and he's doing some things again. I haven't heard that they were at odds. Yeah, I, I read an article yesterday, the day before, that there really? were some issues with him in, in Jacksonville too. But look, I mean, you know, the Niners, the the longevity of the run, it's like it's kind of more like when we're talking about you know what they've been able to do. They had the Harbaugh run of it. And then, like you said, Joe, they had a little dip down, but then the recovery part of it was the Shanahan, and this could go on for quite a while. But it, to me, they've been more calculated because they didn't have, you know, the quarterback that the can that the Chiefs have, to where it makes everything a lot easier in terms of you. You want guys that want to play there, but you can also like you can live with letting Tyreek Hill walk out the door because you got Patrick Mahomes and he's supposed to make everybody better. Whereas the Niners have everything but that kind of franchise quarterback. Y- Yes, but they also have been like one of the worst teams drafting in the NFL over the last five years. Uh, high I mean, go, rounds, go right? Back, yeah, I mean, go back to like 2017. Like they, they drafted two first round guys when they got the the pick swap for Trubisky. Neither guy, I, mean, I don't think either guys in the NFL but when, anymore. When you get Fred Trey Werner Lance, in like, what fifth or sixth round and develop a guy rounder, like yeah. him and, and develop guys like that, and D'Amico gets some credit for doing that. But they've had some guys, the defensive back too, the other kid that they they drafted really, really like sixth round, seventh Safety. round. And yeah, and he is a stud. Like you can kind of make up for some of that swing and miss up high when you develop some of the guys they developed. Yeah, from a from an organizational plight, if you eliminate like the personnel and the scheme, you hope that they're that. You hope that they're that because you've you've went through the same head coach stuff. Now the Niners, you know, they're probably saying the same thing the Texans fans are. Like we expect Shanahan to be here forever. Like the Texans fans expect uh, D'Amico to be here forever. Now. Roster build just totally different. Totally mm-hmm. different, I feel, between... Who thought Sanchez John Lynch was going to be a good GM when he took the job? I, I, I yeah. had a lot of question marks about him, and he is he's nailed it. 713-780-ESPN. Texans closer to the Niners or closer to Kansas City? Also, does another year with Slowick and Stroud automatically give you confidence that Gerard Johnson can take over as offensive coordinator in 2025? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. We control the spice. Just by the juice of Sapu, the thoughts acquire speed, the lips acquire stains, the stains become a warning. It is by will alone I set my mind in motion. 